Welcome to Second Cherry, almost a Eurovision podcast. This week we travel to Denmark. Hello and welcome to Second Cherry. I'm Matt. And I'm Monty. This is the podcast that revives the songs that didn't make it to the Eurovision Song Contest. Each week we take you through a different country's national final and pick the song that we think deserves a second chance, a second bite of the cherry. And yes, at the end of the series, you, the listeners, vote for your favourites and at our live event we crown the winner of the second cherry song contest. Hello, Monty. Hello, Matt. How are you? I'm good. How's you? I'm very good, thank you. I'm a little tired. I'm watching the Olympics at the moment. We are, well, by the time this goes out, we'll be in the second week Mm. of the Olympics. And the time difference is killing me. (laughs) (laughs) It's all worth it, though. It is. It's great. It's great fun. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I've caught some of it. But yeah, I, I, I feel like work is getting in the way. I'm like, stop bloody being there all the time <laughs> well I've taken two weeks off to watch it mm. and I'm finding it a struggle to try and keep <laughs> up with everything so yes I can certainly understand it I heard actually um, I didn't see the routine but apparently one of the Italian gymnasts did her floor routine to Little Big's Uno really? yeah it must have been the instrumental because I don't think they're allowed vocals mm. in the routines but I need to go back and check that out <laughs> she didn't do very well though she only came 19th in the all round Oh, it's because you chose a Russian song, not an Italian song. (laughs) Controversial. (laughs) So that's us, but we've had um, a bit of a bulging mailbag again this week. Has your sack been bulging? It is bulging. Better empty it then. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's kick off with an email, quite a simple email, from our friend Maximax. And um, bless him, I'm just looking at the time you sent this, Max. 142 so no maybe you weren't drunk he said (laughs) he says i love you you wanted us to email you to tell you that we love you so here it is i love you kind regards maxi max oh that's sweet we love you too max yeah you little scamp we love you (laughs) thank you for emailing us in (laughs) simple Simple missive there. Yeah, lovely. We've had some tweets as well about last week's show as well. Um, Because it was going out at the Olympics and, um, spoiler, Tom Daly and uh, Matty Lee had just won the the gold medal in the 10 metres synchronised. Bob has tweeted, the second Cherry Boys strike podcast gold with their synchronised dive into Eurovision songs that didn't make the final. Hashtag gold rush. That's a great tweet. That is a great tweet. Very on point. Very Very, very topical. Neil from Monster Gigs has also said, without wishing to give the result away, Second Cherry doing what it does best and serving up an absolute bop of an Estonian choice of which we'd previously never heard. Great winner, guys. And Rob agrees. uh, Because Rob said, dinner ladies at the staff Christmas disco for the win. Woo! Now that is giving away the uh, the winner if you haven't heard uh, last week's podcast. Oh. But 
Never mind. Oh well. <laughs> Spoilers now. Mo has also tweeted us as well, saying, certainly some interesting choices here, chaps. And in your five considerations, wood and yet more wood, eye candy, lads, the coitest coit that ever coit, and a cup from Lady Gaga's lesser known EP and pop. <laughs> <laughs> a fantastic episode nonetheless, even though I wanted a different cherry. Oh, yeah. We can't always get the cherries that we want, can we, in life? <laughs> Tell us which one you wanted, though, Mo, please. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. Yes. We also had Carter, um, who tweeted, said, Hi, guys, at Second Cherry. That's us, Monty. Even though you didn't include Sissy's Istilao 2021 song in your Estonia episode, I'm surprised you didn't mention that she is Dave Benton's daughter. Maybe that explains her first place jury finish. Or am I conspiracy theorist? Ooh. You sound like Yuha. Yuha's always one for conspiracy theories <laughs> in Eurovision. Um, I didn't know that Sissy was Dave Benton's daughter. Uh, but I think we might have mentioned it, though, Did in the we? podcast well, last year. It, no, anyway. I didn't. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, we could have actually played that song as a selection anyway. I mean, I mean there's so many songs we could have played, but you weren't a fan of it, really. I wasn't particularly, no. No, but she has said in an interview that she might come back. So there you go. We'll mention the fact that she's Dave Benton's daughter when she comes back <laughs> to the SDL. And there we have an empty mail sack now. Ready to be filled up again by you <laughs> lovely listeners. Do get in touch, we'll tell you how to at the end of the episode. But now, as we are in Denmark, in inverted commas, give us a bit of history, Monty. Denmark debuted in the Eurovision Song Contest in 1957 with the song Skibo Chalsela Inat, The Ship Is Leaving Tonight. It was sung by Berta Wilke and Gustav Winkler and finished third with 10 points. We've mentioned this before because it's the song that featured a 13-second kiss at the end. It's quite racy. Um, apparently the stagehands forgot to give the signal for when the kiss should end, so they just carried on pinching. <laughs> True professional. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Berta Wilke came back in 1959 with a song that we mentioned before as well, which you have to check out. We love this, don't we? It's brilliant. It's called, Oh, you will and Oh, I wish that I was you. Um, and um, it's a jaunty performance by Beata. And in the song, she's um, she's wishing she could be her partner so she knows what it's like to be in love with herself. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. There's a bit of whistling. There's a bit of parading around the stage. It's just it's an absolute delight. So characterful. She really we gives us... have to get... 1959 as part of Eurovision again. Yeah. They've not done one that early yet. They've done the 60s, but no 50s. And 1959 is a corker of a show. It's quite... There's camp elements there. There's a lot of camp going on. It could, yeah, it could be a good year. We can get the kids involved in that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the participation for Denmark, they part, took part 49 times. They did have a break after 1966 until 1978 because... The uh, head of entertainment at the uh, broadcasting channel, uh, Niels Jürgen Kaiser, did not view the contest as being quality entertainment. 
They came back after he left DR uh, with the song Boom Boom by Mabel. High quality returning indeed, which came 16th out of 20 on their return. Um, they failed to qualify five times since uh, the semis were introduced and also been relegated in 1994 and 1998 under the rules that applied at the time. They also didn't qualify in 1996, which was the year that had the pre-qualification round. So, but mostly they have been there, apart from their big gap. Denmark has won three times in 1963 with Dan Savisa by Greta and Jürgen Ingman, 2000 with Fly in the Wings of Love by the Olsen Brothers, and 2013 with Only Teardrops by Emily de Forest. And they've hosted three times as a result of that, all in Copenhagen. They've only come last once uh, with Malena Mortensen, Tell Me Who You Are, in 2002. So, a mixed history for that's, Denmark. That's pretty good. It's not bad, is it? Not bad. So, that's the history then. Let's mm. get into the national final from this year. So, the Dance Melody Corn. Corn? 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 The Dance Melody Grand Prix is the national final of Denmark. <laughs> I'm only on my second drink, dear listeners. It was on the 6th of March this year in the DR Studio 5 in Copenhagen. Single show, eight acts, straight up shootout. Uh, DR opened the uh, submission period between the 29th of October and the 20th of November for artists and composers to submit their entries. The spokesperson for the competition, Gustav Lutzhoft, stated that the competition would seek out songs that reflect Danish culture and identity with a diversity of both genres and musical expressions, with an emphasis on the songs that have the potential for further success after the competition. Let's see if they achieve that. Okay, that's a clear goal. I mean, they're having a whole podcast made about them, so (laughs) (laughs) there's success. (laughs) There was a selection committee um, which selected the eight songs from the entries, and the competing artists and the songs were officially presented on the 10th of Feb during a DR radio programme. Was it P3 Bufferton, Formidagpore? Four N. That's not four. What's four in Danish? Um, um, I don't know actually. N four by fear. Yeah. Fillen. Fillen. P four. Anyway, radio shows. Uh, <laughs> the top. The top three advanced to a super final by a public vote, and the elimin- eliminated songs weren't ranked. We don't know who came where apart from this top three. And those three super finalists were Fear and Flammer with their song Over Ors Pa Hinenden. Why do you do this to me? <laughs> Chief One and Thomas Butenshorn and Jean-Michel. Now, uh, the Chief One and Thomas, they came third of 29%. Jean-Michel came second of 34%, and then Fear and Flammer were first, of course, of 37%. It's quite close, actually. It's fairly evenly split, actually. I mean, it was a, you know, a three percentage point lead for the winner, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, you know, roughly a third each, so... Yeah, there wasn't particularly a standout, I don't think, from the finalists. No. No, but there was, you quite liked the Interval Act though. Yes, I did. The Interval Act featured a cover version of From Ulsterskane by Andreas Odbjerg uh, and From Ulsterskane from 1995 by Aud Vilkin. 
is probably my favourite Danish Eurovision song. Mm. I absolutely adore it. So to hear an interpretation of it was really nice. I I really enjoyed that. That was um, it was the highest point of the show for me. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, when we, we'll come on to that. It was quite a, uh, a, a, what I would say, more traditional show, like band on stage, wasn't it? With a long... Yeah, they had a sort, sort of, of... It was like a band in a mini orchestra, because they had a, they had some uh, strings and they had some brass, as well as drums and guitars. Um, and this is something which has featured... It certainly was in the Danish final last year, the one that played into an empty arena. Yeah. And I think... You know, trying to bring live music back into it, it was quite, quite a nice little touch, actually. Yeah, I think the, the I think had been in the studio, kind of. I don't know whether it kind of felt. Then just it felt a bit. Well, empty. it was interesting. I think you know those those shows that traditionally take part in a big arena, particularly the Scandinavian shows, yeah. all went in studios this year. So they did have a different feel to them. It's interesting that they all used quite long studios so they had like walkways or they had space to 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 fill the screen and fill the stage if you like in in different ways Mm. um i don't know if that was just coincidence or you know whether that's something in broadcasting or you know it's a trend whether they uh, i don't know consulted together to see what they were going to do but it was it, it it was a contrast it's it felt so for all it was set in the studio with no audience it certainly was an improvement on last year where at the very last minute they had to cancel the audience but of course it went ahead in that enormous cavernous <laughs> yeah. empty stu- empty arena with you know where the camera shots camera show, shots too. showed the empty seats it was oh it was it was soulless yeah. last year yeah it, it felt a lot better this year it's interesting i think because the danish final in the past decade or so has gone for a very impressive looking show on TV. The arena always looks good. The stage always looks good in it. It looks great, filled with fans and the artists and a big central green room. So it's very visually appealing as a show. But I think it has tended to have generally some of the blandest songs. Mm. And that's a, a sort of a repeating pattern over here. That's not to say every song is bland. There's some real gems in there. But I think generally there is a. There's a modern version of the Danish song. We always used to say there's a genre called the Danish song, which is very like those late 80s Danish mm. songs where, you know, they were almost identical schlager songs. Um, and it feels as though there's a there's a, a modern genre of the Danish song <laughs> as well now. Well, talking of the modern genre, the winner, <laughs> Fear and Flammer, um, very 80s sort of revival. We, you know, we spoke about this before in the podcast. You, Everyone knows the song. But um, it didn't do great at Eurovision. It uh, did not qualify in its semi. It came 11th, which is one position out. Um, it had 89 points. But 10th place, Albania, had 112 points. So that is quite a big gap. So I know that it was one which a lot of people listening might have been disappointed didn't qualify because it. I think it had it. A bit of a fan following, but uh, not enough to get it through its semi. It did have a fan following. And I was not surprised that people liked it because there's a lot of fans of a certain age who remember exactly that 
era that it was harking back to. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could have plucked this out of any Danish national Bible in the late 80s and shoved it in Eurovision and it would have fitted right in. So yes, I can I can see why fans enjoyed it, but I really struggled to see why fans thought it was going to qualify. <laughs> I mean, it was just a nailed-on non-qualification for me. I just couldn't see where the appeal was in the modern contest uh, and for televoters who don't have a little poncho for that kind of schlager pop. Um, so I'm astonished, really, that people thought it was going to qualify. Well, I, I did a U-turn right last minute when I was doing my predictions for who's going to qualify. I was like, wait a minute, am I completely missing the boat here? Am I, like, not reading something that other people are? I was like, well, no, I should Well, the boat sailed that yeah. night back in 1957 <laughs> when Denmark first took part. <laughs> but let's have a listen to it then. This is uh, Fear and Flammer. So I suppose the inevitable question, Monty, did the right song win? Well, again, this is a difficult question, I think. I mean, in the fact that they didn't qualify, um, no, the right song didn't win. And as a personal taste, no, the right song didn't win. But as we're going to hear, I'm not sure that the Danish final was a particularly high quality this year. So... I don't really see that any of the songs that were in the lineup would have made the final or done particularly well had they scraped in. No, I, I absolutely agree with you, but I do think this was the best choice. I think it probably would have done the best out of what, mm. of what we've got. But you're right. Um, so way to sell the songs that we're about to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into it. So the first song that we're going to listen to is Chief One and Thomas Buttonschen, Hurt Over Skinner, High Above the Clouds. So Chief One is a Danish singer, songwriter, music producer, DJ, rapper, manager and artist. He's worked with Ace of Bass along with a lot of other acts that I've never heard of that I found <laughs> on Danish Wikipedia. Um, Thomas Buttenschen, who's with him, uh, is born in 1985 in Zambia, but has lived in Denmark for most of his life. He's a, a singer, jazz musician and songwriter who had a hit in 2006 with the song Fantastic Monday. Wow. Which, you know, you'll be listening to this hopefully on a Monday, the day it comes out. So <laughs> we hope your Monday's as fantastic as Thomas Buttonshirt's was in 2006. <laughs> but let's have a think about what Thomas Buttonshirt and Chief Warm were bringing in 2021. Matt, what did you think of this? 
Well, it's a band on stage, you know, which so we, we've said that it's quite a bandy national final. This has schlager elements to it. I can't pick out what exactly, but it's got a, a schlager feel to it, but also a bit of a Motown vibe. It's kind of like a mesh of these things. Thomas has a bit of a squeaky voice, which I quite I quite like. It's not too reedy and annoying. Um, the lyrics of the song, they suggest that uh, there was like a liaison between two people and that, that sort of afterglow of, you know, when you meet someone and you really like them and, you know, the feeling special and all the world changes around you. I think one of the lyrics is like, my heart explodes in Copenhagen. It's quite a sort of joyful song and they perform it in that way. Um, I They sort of grab you by the scruff of the neck and sort of take you on the journey. I quite I quite like this performance. The song's okay. The song's okay, but it, they, they sell it 100%. I'm with you on that. They're both very smiley. I mean, they're definitely having fun. Mm. They're definitely enjoying themselves on stage. Chief One in particular is very earnest. Um, he may be a little over the top, maybe a little too, um, uh, throwing himself in with gusto. And I did get the impression that you could tell there was a reason he's probably normally a producer and not a performer. <laughs> um, but it is very joyful. It is that kind of positivity of, you know, when you, you meet a partner and how happy they make you feel. So it's a very joyful song. So, yeah, poppy upbeat. I had slightly funky, slightly solely. So I think that does mm. tap into that kind of slight Motown um, vibe that's there. It's, it's a nice, positive song. I just can't really see the point of this song in a competition. This is a song that, you know, isn't pleasant to listen to while it's on, but it's not going to grab you by the scruff of the neck and go vote for me. And that sits down for, I think, when you put it into a, a lineup in which the songs are going to be judged against each other. I think if they're at a gig and they're playing to their fans, people that have gone to see them specifically, and they play something like this, it's probably one of them that the crowd, you know, will get into and sing along to and stuff like that. But yeah, I think from a, a, a singing for a song competition, yeah, we always talk about what's vote grabby, what's going to make you vote. And I can't, yeah, I can't pick up on it. There's some quite pleasant backing singers though. I quite like the backing singers, the house band backing singers. And they've got their tambourines for this and they're really giving it some. So, and they, they pop up through some of the, uh, some of the songs as well. It's, uh, it's quite nice, that sort of band orchestra. Um, that's there throughout. So that's the first song. The second we're going to listen to is called Silver Bullet, and it's by the Cosmic Twins. Now you shoot silver Monty, I'm... Okay, I'm going to be honest. Uh, the only thing that sparkles here is the saxophonist. <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm being honest, she's quite fierce. She starts the performance, a bit of a little, you know, saxophone preamble thing. Um, introduction. Introduction. <laughs> the uh, the twins kind of pair in significance when they're up against it. She kind of really stands out. It's almost like she's a, a guest artist making a cameo um, weirdly but the song begins 
and it feels like it's got potential because it's a thumping beat and green lasers show. There's lots of lasers in this national final, not always used to the best effect, but it starts well. But then, then the singing starts. I, I mean, and that's where I'm lost because it just, it's in sort of the lower register, talky singing. I wouldn't say it's sort of like a singer's song or a vocalist song. They sound like there's twins. So they, they are, at one point you have to do a double taking, but have they switched camera to, Somebody else, or is that the same guy, different angle? But no, they are, they are twins, and they are pretty much identical. Um, they have a sound of Chris Martin from Coldplay, or actually a Coldplay sound, but they're just missing a lot of sort of showmanship and stuff like that, which <laughs> which um, Coldplay have. So I, I I really struggle with this. I've got to be honest. I loved it on the audio when I first heard the audio. It stood out as oh, that's the one the fans are going to love. Um. And I still think it is quite a decent song on audio. Um, but you're right. It's just, there's no charisma. There's no gravitas. There's no, there's nothing on Showmanship. Stage. Yeah. No. Um, the, the vocals are a bit nasal and a bit flat and they're quite sort of, they're quite pronounced. They're, you know, they, they really, they go a little bit overboard on some of them, I think. And it's just, they don't get around. It's quite, it is quite interesting because they are twins, but it is shot that you don't actually see them together on stage till about halfway through. So, you know, it's only at that point that you realise that they're identical twins. Unless, of course, you read the name of their act and know that they are <laughs> twins. Um, it's, I mean, I agree. The, the saxophone gives it a kind of a, a kickoff at the start that you think, oh, this is going to be quite good. And it goes into a bit of kind of 70s, 80s disco, but it just doesn't really sustain it. And that's, that's entirely down to the performers. I think as twins acts go, they're no Jedward. And that is damning with fame praise, really. <laughs> they might quite like that. They used to that, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a real shame, I think, because this, this song of all of them had the most potential for me, but they just, they're not the right people to be performing this. And we do see that in national finals from time to time, when you have brilliant songs, but unfortunately the person or the act chosen to be the vehicle to interpret it is just not the right one. Mm, yeah, there's so many elements that you need to bring together. Song number three then is Claudia Campagno with Abracadabra. Monty, what are your thoughts? Well, Claudia is, I looked her up, and she's a Hungarian-Swedish-Danish vocalist and multi-instrumentalist uh, based in Copenhagen, Denmark. She was born in Budapest, uh, lived most of her life in Sweden, and now she's settled in Denmark. Um, this is a ballad, uh, and in the ballad, she's almost trying to summon up an incantation to stop her lover from leaving her. Um, and she's got the line, abracadabra, come back to me, abracadabra is what I need. So she's trying to use the spell um, to, to to get her lover to, to stay or come back. It's quite pretty as a song. I really, I quite like 
a lot of elements of it. There's some really pretty musical elements um, and pretty melodic elements. Um, and actually there's some quite interesting lyrical concepts. But the use of the title is not among them. I think the use of abracadabra here and the way she does it, it just jars to, is a native English speaker. You know, when something, there's, you know, if, you, if you're not a native speaker, you can you say, oh, that seems fine. But to a native speaker, it just automatically jars and it just doesn't feel as though that that's how we would use it. It just doesn't sit well. The staging is interesting. She's, it's very, very simple. She's sat at an upright piano, which is quite unusual to see. It reminded me a bit of Molly Sterling from Ireland in 2015, because she had a similar upright piano. But they've placed Claudia in what seems to be a woodland glade setting with some trees on the background of the set. Not physical trees, just on the, the, the projections. Uh, and it just doesn't really fit the song. It is it? jarring. It's like a dark forest scene, isn't it? It's actually beautiful. And she's in lemon yellow sort of trouser suit and top and gold chunky earrings. She can't, it, She looks great. The backdrop doesn't quite fit with her in that place. And the piano is like a real old looking piano that your geography teacher used to play in assemblies at school. Exactly, exactly that, yeah. And who's going to, you know, haul their piano all the way to a woodland clearing? <laughs> well, if you're that desperate for your man to come back to you. Maybe she has to go into the woods to get the spell, get the right conditions for the spell. Maybe I'm reading too much into this now. <laughs> but there is, on the backdrop, at the end of the song, towards the end, there's a sort of a silhouette, or like a ghostly silhouette. I think it's her, weirdly, when it if it's her talking oh. about a lover. I'm wondering if her lover died. She's trying to, like, bring him back. Oh, I haven't studied the lyrics. From the hinterlands of beyond. That that gives it a very different slant, doesn't it? Oh, I hope she's not a widow. We're here laying into her creative choices. Oh, I think we're all right. I think we're all right. But it's not that. It's not that. Uh, you're right, though, about Abracadabra. It has a childish kids' TV show quality about it, not a hocus pocus or that's that same thing but you know what I mean it, yeah it gives that childish element to it not a kind of like a witchy yeah you do something I can see why you would think it works because yeah. you know it's a it's magic words it's something everyone's familiar with and it should it just for some reason just doesn't work as a lyric mm. yeah but I, I think the song the song you're right the song has a sort of melodic uh, a nice melodic sort of temper to it it reminds me a lot of Beverly Craven, Promise Me, this song. Ah. It, a little bit. And sort of, it, I think it's because of the way that she sort of sings about a lover and losing it. I don't know, there's something there in it. And she sounds quite like Beverly Craven. Oh, her vo- vocals are really good, actually. Yeah. She's a really good singer. Promise Me is such a well-constructed song. Oh, I love it. It's beautiful song to play on the piano as well. It's absolutely, it's just captivating mm. to play. There's something very pleasing about actually playing it. And I imagine there could be about the melodic aspects of this. There's something quite pleasing to the ear mm. um, about aspects of it. Just there's that bit about the title just didn't really work. No, I think it builds nicely, but then it doesn't get into the top gear. Yeah. So the next song we're going to listen to is called Everything Is All Right by Mike Tramp. Let her go Freak as you are Before you better know Find me 
It was only when we were discussing these as a group that Russell pointed out that Mike Tramp was part of Mabel, who were the band that were Denmark's comeback to Eurovision in 1978 after whoever his chops was that left saying that it wasn't great entertainment. And here he is, Mike Tramp from Mabel in 1978, back in the Dansk Melody Grand Prix in 2021. Wow. Yeah. Longevity right there. That's probably the most interesting fact about this song, though. I was hoping you could do a lot more heavy lifting with this, Monty, because (laughs) (laughs) uh, it's a standard country rock song for me. I don't think I'm wrong in that assessment. That's what I've got in my notes. Is it? Oh, there you go then. Um, I struggle to knock it, and I also struggle to highlight anything that stands out, if I'm being honest. It begins, it plods along nicely, and it ends. Mike Trump is known for hard rock bands, uh, it says on Wikipedia, um, and this is soft rock. Um, he's got that very middle-aged rocker look going on in his clothes and the hat and the strumming the guitar. And there's nothing really divergent from this just being a piece of very run-of-the-mill, country-ish soft rock. There's a strange counting going on in the chorus. It's one for the money, two don't let it go, three because you want to, four you'll never know, five you can make it, six and now you're going to stay. Uh, it just is he counting seconds? I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense to me, really. Um, I mean, it's a it's a song of contentment. I mean, everything is everything is all right in the title, you know. And it is about you know. I think you met somebody, and you know, the, everything feels like it's going to be okay. So you know, again, a nice positive message in the song. Um, but yeah, it doesn't really do it for me. I really wanted to include that because I thought, you know, it's quite an interesting heartback of, you know, being a contestant after so many years, um, a former Eurovision entry. I have to say, I don't remember Mabel, the band. It was only, we had to look them up when we were doing the selection. <laughs> so, you know, Russell's memory for that is, uh, is quite something. But um, yeah, Mike Trump, everything's all right. Good on you, Mike. Thanks for coming. Uh, The fifth and final song we're talking about now is Jean-Michel with Beautiful. We are beautiful, we'll make it through in all knowing we're perfect, just the way we are. We are beautiful, we'll make it through in all knowing we're perfect, you and I, just the way we are. Monty, this was the song that came second place. It was. What are your thoughts? Um, I quite like this, actually. Jean-Michel is known to the Danish public because he took part in the 2012 series of X Factor and he was in a, a, a duo with somebody called Nicoline Simon. They withdrew from the competition in week five due to personal reasons, it was stated. Give us the, the gossip, Monty. Give well, us the goss. Well, um, since then, Nicoline Simon received a suspended sentence in a drug case. 
So maybe that was a bit of damage limitation on John <laughs> Michelle's part. Um, it's a song of affirmation and a song of uh, re- re- resolve. The lyrics are, we can go through fire, we can go through rain, it might break us down, but we will always rise again. We've been in the shadows for way too long, but we've come so far, now just bring it on. It's time to step into the light. If they don't see us, let us shine. Again, it's a song of positivity. Yeah. We, we've heard this sort of lyrics time and time again at Eurovision as well. I like to have a bit more of a neon approach to this staging, the sort of neon lights and the word beautiful, the name of the song was written across the backdrop or was kind of like scrolled across it. It's got one of those sort of dance choruses type thing or part chorus where he's sort of joined on stage with dancers. They're dressed in sort of white, dance, what I call dancer garb, you know, like baggy trousers and shirt, yeah. you know. That's all fine. You know, Jean is dressed in black, like a black long coat and like a, a shirt combo. Almost, it's a little bit gothic, like he's a gothic investigator or something. But look, you know, looks smart, looks really smart, slick, well put together. Um, he gets better, I think, at the performance as he goes through. It starts a little bit uh, tentative, but, you know, ends quite confident. It's got some energy, this song, about it, which I think was probably lacking from pretty much all the songs, yeah, apart from Chief One and Thomas Buttonshawn. I think I think this had a lot of energy to it and is probably one of the better songs of the mix. Yeah, I think I like the message of it as well. So, you know, he said in an interview, the message is simple, like you have to love yourself. You have to focus on the qualities you have, not let yourself be influenced by what others think. Um, there are so many shades of beautiful and you're beautiful when you look like yourself. And he's talked about, you know, just the fact that, because he's a black artist and a gay artist, just the fact that I have a different skin colour than most of Denmark, uh, so I know something to feel excluded and maybe not feel like you fit in. Um, it's been far, um, hard to find head and tail in it all because um, one has felt alone, which is um, uh, sad, oh. but feels so... You know, he's got a lot more positivity as well. Also, talking about um, his um, sexuality as well, he said, uh, my interests may be characterised as more feminine things, and then you, you may feel a little abnormal because you're different from all the others, says Jean-Michel. Oh. You'll fit in right proper with us, Jean-Michel, because yeah. we're, we're not exactly mask for mask, are we? <laughs> <laughs> we, embrace, we embrace a lot of diversity here. I do like the song. I think there's a... There's an element of it being something you'd hear in Melfest. Yes. Um, that would maybe make the Andra Shanson, um, or maybe come fifth in the heat. Um, it's not sort of at the, the top end of the quality that you'd get in Melfest, but it's got that feeling of that kind of song that's a, you know, a kind of a, a journey, a journeyman song in in Melfest. Yeah, like it's the first song you put in Melfest just to get your name known and then you return the second or the third year after with your big hit that gets you to Eurovision. So Jean-Michel is coming back? Well, let's hope so. I hope so. I'd like to see more yeah. of him. He's a, he looks like a, a nice he looks like a nice boy. He does look a nice boy. Yes. Well, that's it though. That's our five songs. So let's lead into this. Matt and Monty's good thing of the week. That is good. It's good. Oh, that's good, that is. Yes, this is our good thing of the week. That is good. Ooh, that's good, that is. This week, uh, the good thing that we want to uh, point out is the fact that Eurovision 
the Eurovision channel, have released the 2006 contest in HD. Now, this excited lots of people because lots of people who were there, I'm looking at one of them now, uh, can finally see themselves in the crowd and pick themselves <laughs> out and like, yeah, see what was really going on in the audience though, that year. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because um, Rob mentioned this. Now, that we're, this, we're recording this the night before this goes out, so we haven't actually seen the show yet, but I'm very interested to see it. it was, apparently 2006 was a test of HD technology um, to see how it worked, and it wasn't broadcast in HD, but they found the the tapes of the bits that were recorded in HD, and not every camera recorded in HD. So they're putting together a compilation of the HD, um, and we'll be able to see you know, a completely different quality. And Rob Holly, who um, works for, um, uh, does the comms content for the um, the Eurovision.tv website, sent me a little photo saying, were you in Athens? And it's pointing, this arrow pointed to me in the audience. And it is a really clear picture. <laughs> and, you know, I certainly don't remember seeing myself in the audience that year. But it is quite astonishing, the quality. So I, I, let's hope it's been as good as it's billed to be. But I'm really excited to have a look at this after so many years. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure I want to see Lordy and Daz Sampson in HD, to be honest with you. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a good one to, to have out there. And um, yeah, it's gonna, there'll be lots of people watching it tomorrow. When, well, you would have watched this on... At least two days ago now, yeah. while you're listening to this. <laughs> but there we go then. So yeah, Eurovision 2006, released in HD, is a good thing of the week. That's good. Matt and Monty's good thing of the week. That is good. It's good. Oh, that's good, that is. So, just one thing left to do, and that is tell you who has been chosen as the Danish second cherry. It's probably no surprise, if you've been listening to our comments, that it is Jean-Michel with Beautiful. We are beautiful, we'll make it through just the way we are We are beautiful We'll make it through it All knowing we're perfect You and I Just the way we are Just the way we are Yeah, I think, you know, yeah, no surprise We kind of had a bit of a discussion around the table about this i think we were kind of interested interested in chief one and thomas buttershawn i would have been happy with that as well actually but i think just jean michel was probably head and shoulders above everyone else really yeah i don't i mean i think there were you know i think both of those songs you know could have made a good cherry and certainly worth highlighting again. But I think, you know, as you say, the discussion came down to it and Jean-Michel's the one who who picked Chief Ward and Thomas Mittenshun at the post. So, Monty, tell us... Well, tell, don't tell me, I know. Tell the listeners. <laughs> how Do you know? What? I'm going to test you. Okay, go on. Do you know what were you going to ask me to do? Do the... Uh, how to contact us on yes. our socials? And you said, do you know? What are they? What? <laughs> yeah. You said, I know. Yeah. Yeah, do you? Yeah. I'm asking, what are they? What are they? Oh, you want me to do it, Monty? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 it's Twitter, at Second Cherry, if you want to tweet us. Many have. 
Many have come before you. Many will in the future. Um, Insta, second underscore cherry. And on Facebook, second cherry podcast. And you can also email us, which Maximax done as well. And that is... Maximax done. Maximax done. That's Maximax what he done. did. That's what he done. <laughs> yeah. That's what he done, isn't it? <laughs> We're in East London at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Our email address is hello at secondcherry.vision. That's hello at secondcherry.vision. So drop us an email, get on the socials, communicate. Let's talk. Let's, open, uh-huh. let's have a dialogue. Well, let's not talk. Just, you know, tell us that you love us. That's all we want. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with an episode from a country. A country. That's all you get. Still to be determined. <laughs> we'll see you next week regardless. Thanks for listening. Take care. Bye. Bye.